you look like you have a very nice quality mic with a pop filter, and Zach, you sound like you have a mic that uh, was dropped down a staircase and then uh, picked back up and glued back together with like tinfoil. Yeah, mm-hmm. he got his mic from uh, like a orange stand on the side of the road. Right, right. Like we sell a microphone too. <laughs> like, oh, perfect. I need one. I'm thrilled that this is being recorded because now your ass is fucking canceled for that racist ass accent. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on. What are we doing here? You got a nice microphone. You got to use it. Okay. Oh, yeah. What hey, there we go. You sound, See? you sound like you're not at the bottom of a well. Well, yeah, because I was definitely just using the fucking built-in mic on my old Why ass Mac. Why would you do that? Would, have a good no, microphone. Zach just doesn't give a shit. There it is. Like, He's got it. He figured it out, folks. <laughs> when you have fucking Ferris Bueller as your third man on the podcast, I don't know what you fucking expect. <laughs> All <right>. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> We're going to turn around and he's going to have a recording of him replaced, you know, and just be. I'm just playing a piano, like just playing. Like, ha, 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 great point, fellas. This game was hard. Welcome to the Good Games Podcast. My name is James. I'm Zach. And I'm Tien. Hi. Hey, welcome. We got a special guest, Tien. Uh, to talk with us about Elden Ring. Uh, oh, now, sorry, I, I didn't realize that this was like the that's your host formula. That you're like, I'm James and I'm Zach. And I, I joined in like I was like a, a third host. I'm sorry, I didn't. Is there a guest format? Well, you're that the I'm guest not following? Here, but, but, but you're also the host with the most, clearly, uh, from Fireful Failures, a great podcast that I know nothing about. And mm-hmm. we're missing our normal fourth uh, seat, Justin who was currently living out his dreams in the casino night zone. Uh, so he's in Vegas. He's not here. Maybe, maybe he'll join halfway through this call. Maybe he will. I hope I, not. I, I really, that's going to be really uncomfortable. <laughs> is, is he in new Vegas? Uh, like the video oh, game? Like right? Cause this is a video now, game. See, here's the difference. He made a dumb video game joke, but called attention to it. And we all giggled. I made one, and both of you ignored it completely. What so sad it? for I, me. Wait, what for did, oh, you loved, said Night City. No, he said Casino thing. Night Zone. I was paying attention. Oh. I just didn't laugh. Worse, he was paying <laughs> What's Casino Night attention. Zone? Is that that's a from, Sonic thing? a game called Sonic the Hedgehog 2. Perhaps you've heard of it. Uh, you've got enough, uh, you know, pornographic images of it saved on your hard drive. So, very you true, know. Very true. Yeah. I, I, I really like Big the Cat. What can I say? Uh, he knows. He knows. He knows. He's got enough. He, he bounced mm. back, folks. He bounced back. Uh, yeah. So, yes, we're talking about Elden Ring. Yes. Um, now, Tien, you are a... Uh, would you describe yourself as a FromSoft veteran? You've played all their games? You've finished I, most of them? Yeah, yeah. I have played, uh, I believe at this point, thanks to the PS5 remake of Demon Souls... And thanks to uh, my motivation to finally complete the original Dark Souls, because I, I felt a little spoiled by playing a lot of the more recent FromSoft games. And I was like, well, oh, I don't know. Is it going to feel too clunky? I don't know. I hear that a lot of the mechanics are real bullshitty in the original Dark Souls. So, But I finally decided to just suck it up and stop being a crybaby uh, in preparation for Elden Ring and just beat the original Dark Souls. Um, so in that sense, the only one I haven't played now is two. Oh, okay. Um, now I'm somewhere in between uh, yourself and Zach in terms of 
uh, games played by, uh, you know, Souls-like games. I've, I've finished the, the trio of Dark Souls games, but I have not played Demon Souls. I haven't finished Bloodborne, and I bounced off hard off of Sekiro, which I guess we can dive into that later, why that game didn't click for me, but... Um, I gotta tell you, Elden you're Ring, a big weenie. I'm a bi- I'm a really big weenie, and I need to just get good. I really somebody told me I need to get good. Yeah, uh, that's the thing I've heard. Uh, but yeah, uh, I I'm clicking real hard with Elden Ring now. Zach, you are a newcomer to these types of games, correct? What a very very nice way to put it that I'm a newcomer and not someone who does not have the skill set to get anything out of these games at all. The only other uh, from soft games that I've ever played is I played, I think half an hour of dark souls. One, you one. played 20 minutes, maybe 15, 20, maybe 10 20 minutes, maybe 10, 10 minutes, minutes of dark minutes souls. One, yeah. Dark souls. One with you attempting to coach me. Right. Um, that's, I, that's on mean stream machine, YouTube channel. I, if you want to go watch that, that's a plug folks. Uh, and then I played basically the opening sequence of bloodborne. And then just put it right back in its little case, and I fucking traded that back in. <laughs> oh, um, no. So you bounced and, off of Bloodborne and Dark Souls, I guess. Again, we're being very kind with the vocabulary here about bouncing off and not fucking cried and went, I hate this game. <laughs> um, and so, and now I've tried Elden Ring. I've, uh, I've experienced the, the highs and the lows of, uh, of Elden Ring here in um, uh, preparation for the show. Now, I want to start with you because I'm specific. I'm so goddamn interested in your opinion as a newcomer to these types of games. Um, what was your experience? Because I knew what I was getting into. Uh, you know, what, what, what did you, what was your experience? Well, I knew going in that obviously the, the, the learning curve is, is non-existent. It is just, I knew it was going to drop me into the shit and I knew that the game is very difficult and that is part of the draw of it. I knew that it was going to be very open world. Um, and so the experience that I had was booting it up. Uh, I played it for PS4. I should mention that, uh, booting it up. I felt literally from the moment the, the opening cinematic started, I immediately was lost and I had no fucking clue (laughs) what was going on. Um, it, it, it drops into that opening sequence as though, You've already seen all three Lord of the Rings, and here's The Hobbit. Like, here's the next one. Because I'm sitting here, and it's like, and then, of course, the greatest battle ever fought with Balthazar turning his back on the kingdom. And I'm like, I don't know what any of this fucking means. And it's like, ah, but of course, as we all know, the Ring of Destiny. Some would call it the Elden Ring. And I'm like, I don't know what any of this fucking means. And then it dropped you in, and then you go 10 feet, and then a big fuck monster with swords and arms killed me so hard that it didn't even have a death animatic. The just screen went black. And then I woke up somewhere else and I was like, mm-hmm, pretty much expecting this. Uh, and then I saw a lot of um, messages from beyond of people saying things like Fortnite and uh, <laughs> finger in butthole. And Try I was like, what? Butthole. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was like, that's pretty helpful. Um, and then uh, things like, Oh, this sex life. Yeah. This is a secret passage. Just all you got to do is this. And I'm like, try attacking. I don't know how to, try attacking. That's not, that's not a thing. Cool. And then I made my way through. Um, and I played about five hours of it. And then 
it fried the HDMI port in my PS4, and now I can't play anything on it. So, what? Um, what? Yeah, the, there's no more uh, picture on my PS4. Uh, it has corrupted my HDMI port on the back of the PS4, and so not only can I not play Elden Ring anymore, I fucking can't play anything anymore. Oh no! So, um, so I returned it, and I put money towards uh, that new fucking, you know, Kirby game that's coming out. Hey, so, there you go. <laughs> um, I didn't beat a single boss. Um, I didn't accomplish anything in five hours. <laughs> Um, I ran around the map a lot. I got, I explored a cave where fucking eight wolves fucked me to death probably a dozen times. Cause I was like, uh, but this is probably the beginning baby boo boo part. I could probably get through this. And wouldn't you know it? I never fucking did. Um, and then I was told that I was bitchless in Seattle. And then I finally found a maiden. That was pretty neat. Um, and then I had a ghost horse. And then I ran away for more shit because that's the magic of of an open world version of Dark Souls is, well, if there's something more difficult, if there's something difficult in front of you, you can just run off and find another adventure. But the Twisterino is, what happens if you never find another adventure? <laughs> and it's all just misery for five hours. And it's just unending pain. And it never feels good or accomplishing. And I will say, as part of the research for this uh, episode, I went back and listened to the fifth episode of the Good Games podcast with James and Leo when James just slowly jerked himself off to completion for an hour talking about Dark Souls Remastered. So I got that going on of like, ah, <laughs> oh, but yes, there's a, it's hard and the, and the learning curve is so steep, but with the accomplishment, once you reach it, once you finally beat the evil in front of you, oh, there's nothing that can fucking, you know, match that sort of adrenaline and feeling. And again, when you're five hours in and you have not felt anything <laughs> close to that, it's a little bit of a different experience. So um, I would say IGN score, probably a 9.8 out of 10. Yeah, 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 yeah naturally. <laughs> would definitely yeah. recommend. Okay. And uh, it's yeah. Something for everyone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, does. it truly has something for everybody, if I'm honest. Uh, and that was my experiences with Elden Ring. And now I can't fucking play games I actually like on my PlayStation. So <laughs> I, for software. I, I cannot believe that Elden Ring was such an epic masterpiece that it fried the wiring on your PlayStation. It was, it was, and it said, it said, if I can't have you, no one can. Basically, it was like, this is such a grand scale epic that truly is better than Minecraft that now you're not allowed to play anything else anymore. It's nerf or nothing. Get fucked by these giant monsters. And I was like, okay, I guess I'm not doing that then. Wow. Well, I hope that Kirby's epic yarn is a little more your speed difficulty-wise. <laughs> I don't have high hopes, but we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> I know that's bullshit because you love, you love Darkest Dungeon, you love Rocket League, you love uh, I don't know all these like really notoriously. How you love no one can stop Mister Fucking Domino. Well, here's here's my retort to that. Um, number one, I had such a miserable fucking time with Elden Ring. I'm now calling into question if I like any open world games ever. I'm like, do I even like this fucking genre? I feel like I don't. I feel like it's Saints Row and Yakuza, and that's it. I think everything else can go fuck itself. Um, but to your point, yes, I do like those difficult games. However, the greatest comparison that I could make is playing Elden Ring is like playing Super Mario Maker, 
but it doesn't give you the tutorial on how to build, and the only levels you can play are the fucking impossible ones that, like, Japanese children make. Like, that's all the game is. It's just the fucking sea of fire fucking flowers and shit and just things spiraling the whole time. And, like, and by the way, it take, you have to beat it in ten seconds or you, don't, or you lose a life. That's the whole fucking thing. There's no, like, oh, I can have a sprite of a Pokemon and play it. Nope. It's all just the fucking laughing mouths and fucking thwomps and just not just murder for all. That's it. That's the whole game. So, yes, I do enjoy difficult games when I can make some kind of progress. I made zero progress here. You, you said, uh, now I, I know you acknowledge you didn't beat a boss. Did you encounter a boss? Well, when you say encounter, do you mean that a man on a golden steed came and just raped my <laughs> asshole on a, on a beautiful green field right next to a burned down church? If that's encounter, then yes, I encountered a couple. I will tell you that. But you did not, there, you did not encounter, there was no cutscene that played before someone came in and whooped your ass. Let me think. Uh, there was a cutscene where, like I said, the, the maiden showed up and was like, I'll be your bitch. And I was like, I don't even know what that means in this context. Um, there wasn't a cutscene when the wolves all ate my asshole. Um, I, I, I got to say, too, you know, in, in regards to the very first comment that you made, uh, you know, I hate to be the, the, the maiden shard bearer of bad news here, but uh, this is one of the least obtuse storylines ever in a FromSoft game, believe it or not. They only get more obtuse. It's true. Well, I didn't think like, oh, <laughs> this one, they really put it in overdrive. I'm saying when the game is like, ah, oh, but then, but only one demigod. I literally, in preparation for this, I was like, let me watch. I watched the um, the speed run of the guy who beat it in an hour. Oh, I've I watched. That. I watched the first 30 minutes of like a two hour long video trying to explain the lore of Elden Ring. And even that person was like, yeah, and then at one point did a character and they were this god, but then they changed into this other god and married themselves. And <laughs> there's not really an explanation of how that worked, but that's how their children's children are also demigods and not the fucking hollow, the torment or whatever the fuck. And I'm like, I still don't get it. I don't get any of it. And James, you actually brought up in episode five, you were like part of the excitement, part of the like, the, the video game Viagra for you was that every part of like Dark Souls remastered, you'd be like, oh, I had like a tablet pulled up with like the Wikipedia so I could do that. And when I heard that, I was like, I get why this guy likes fucking David Lynch movies. Because if you're watching a movie and you're like, wait, pause for a second. I got to fucking do some research. All right, I'm back. I understand what's going on. I watch a racer head and I go. I got to go, man. I got to go get a milkshake. I don't know what the fuck's going on. I don't know what that butthole baby is. I got to go. So that's the difference between you and I, is I'm not here to research. I'm here to enjoy some kind of story. And like I said, it felt like I was watching a movie in another language with no subtitles. I was just like, I, okay, cool. Like I got my, I got demolished by the pretend boss at the beginning. I was like, I, I expected that. And then I almost foolishly, almost went through the door and it was like no no this is the tutorial part go down this cave instead and that, that was the biggest accomplishment that i figured out that there was a tutorial that was it that was the high mark give me the achievement i did it 
you are being obviously sarcastic, which, uh, you know, I, I've only just met you, obviously. So, right, but but uh, but from what I can tell, um, sarcasm may be, a, a, you know, a fallback for you just generally in life. But I will say finding the tutorial from what I hear is is nothing to put down because uh, I actually gifted uh, this game to a friend a uh, friend of Frightful Failures, Dakota, um, because he similarly hates FromSoft games and is firmly in the camp of, if I'm going to take the time to play video games, I want to enjoy myself. I don't want it to be some death march. You know, I don't want to, I don't find anything fun about getting my ass beaten over and over. But I thought there was enough changes in Elden Ring that I had heard of Prior to the game coming out, I thought I'd be able to convince him. He kept making the argument about runbacks. Well, if I get my ass kicked by a boss, I don't want to have to, you know, roll through 30 skeletons to get back to the boss. And I'm like, ah, ah, Elden Ring has fixed that, so don't worry. And he, having never played a FromSoft game, knowing only what you're referring to, which is, you know, troll messages and things like that, saw the message on the ground that said tutorial down here, down this big hole and thought, I'm not falling for that. <laughs> Went the fuck past it. Went through the door, never got the tutorial, had no fucking idea how to play the game. I think hasn't picked it back up. <laughs> that's amazing. Okay. Well, apparently that, that's stuff they added in the original like network test that they like gave to like, you know, influencers and streamers and bullshitters. There was no signposting of the tutorial at all. And people just walked right past it. So they added, like, the ghost in the chair. And they're like, go this way message. But, yeah, people still uh, avoid it, I guess. Um, yeah. Well, it's tricky. I don't know what to tell you. Like, it, uh, people are dumb. I don't know what you want from me. I can't, I can't speak on behalf of my people who just went, no, I'm way over my head. I got to get the fuck out of here. Uh, so, so let me ask you this. So let me turn around then. So you both pop this game in, uh -huh. and it's... You know, like I said, like Balthazar, the un the unseeable fucking turned his back on the kingdom. And you both are just like, cool, cool, cool. Let's see where this goes. Or did you already know what the fuck they were talking about? Does this tie into the Dark Souls games? Like where it is, where is the storytelling? Like when you see that you're all like, oh, I'm ready to go. I know exactly what they're talking about. TM, do you have thoughts on this? Because I do. I I do. You know, I, I was going to reserve, because I uh, uh, the, this thought for a little later, but I guess we'll start on this foot. Uh, the opening cinematic, I was trying to, like, be an apologist for it initially, but I think, in retrospect, I think the opening cinematic kind of sucks. <laughs> um, it's like... It's like the end of those uh, of playing through a Mortal Kombat campaign where they didn't have enough money to animate like a full cinematic. So it's just a bunch of like still photos. And it, this is coming from a company that like literally uh, is renowned for its like epic cinematic opening. But you they, know, they put the even more bizarre thing is they put out like a release trailer that had like the story info with yeah. crazy cinematics. Like, why yeah. didn't you put all of the that trailers in the game? Yeah, I figured that's what was going to play. Was was that like yeah. fight between yeah. Radon and Melania? Yeah, yeah. Where you know it's fucking incredible, and like a big lotus flower opens up and swallows them up, and I'm like, yeah, Elden Ring. Instead, it's like, hey, here's some concept art in a slideshow that we made, and we hired an old man to 
scream about characters in the game. And that's another thing that pisses me off is that the characters, when he really starts to like get hyped up and, and like his voice starts rising up and he's going, the fear, the one who fucks dead guys and the loathsome shit consumer and all that. Like, you're like, wow, these are bosses. They're not bosses. They're friendly NPCs. Right. Why is, why is that who you're talking about in the opening? Yeah. The opening is very bizarre. That, very that, confusing opening cinematic, if you even want to call it that. That that threw me too. I am gonna take it a step farther. Um, I'm I. It made me painfully erect. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm gonna take it a step farther. L- listen, here spoilers for my thoughts on Elden Ring. I think this game's incredible. It is uh, another. This is a watershed moment in gaming. We're gonna be talking about it's open world design for years to come. This is the new, you know, whatever. I, I think this game's incredible. Easily my game of the year. Having said that, I would love to nitpick the shit out of this game. I want to start with that opening cinematic and the way this game presents its story because it presents its story pretty much the same way the Souls games do. And even if you don't count Bloodborne and Sekiro, this is like the fourth time or the fifth time that we've had a story presented to us this way where it's you know just like we're gonna rattle off some like names of people you don't know yet and like you know npcs you don't know yet and here's some story beats that you don't really know unless you pull up that wikipedia page and like do your lore research and whatever and i i I just haven't done it for elden ring i mean i I don't know i just haven't been interested enough in the game's story i i think there is a lot to be interested in there's I'm, i'm not saying I don't know. I, I think I have <laughs> Souls story lore fatigue. This is this is the fourth or fifth time we've gone through this song and dance of, you know, look up all these characters and read the backstory. I'm like, yeah, whatever. Maybe I will. Maybe I won't. I don't know. Uh, yeah, it, uh, the, the, the cinematic and the story of Elden Ring hasn't really done anything for me so far. Okay. So you are not okay. alone in that thought zach you know that's comforting the, the first time i experienced this in dark souls one i was like well, who are these characters you, you can't start a game naming characters that we don't even know like what so i'm curious like i want to learn more i want to learn more about and then the dark souls 2 and then dark souls 3 and demon souls all right all right now elden ring all right you know i, I i've seen this song and dance before all right that's comforting yeah. I, I mean i would say you know to to kind of defend it a little bit so I do feel that there are aspects of the story, even though obviously Miyazaki made the decision that he was going to present it the same way, that he wasn't going to be, you know, more direct in terms of, you know, uh, having it be contemporary storytelling, video game storytelling. So obviously he made that decision. Um, but, But that said, I still think that there are a lot of characters and bosses who present in a way that is more direct than previous Souls titles. Yeah. I mean, I feel like the first Dark Souls, I mean, they don't even talk to you for the most part. Like, bosses, like, it's just a big monster comes out of a hole and just kicks your ass 20 times until you beat it. Um, whereas in this, it's like, Mar- the 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 one-two punch of Margit the Fell Omen and then Godric the Grafted, I think are an excellent pair of bosses that actually talk to you that actually have phrases things they say when they kill you when they enter their second phase like i love that and then one of the npcs i forget her name she's the one who ends up being the spirit tuner 
um, for your oh, ashes. I know who you're talking about. Yeah. <clears throat> like she talks unlike a Souls character. She talks in a way that is very direct. She just explains to you what her situation is, what has happened. And I think, you know, Elden Ring lends itself a little bit more to quest lines yeah, of kind yeah, of, yeah. of trying to tell you a story, at least, you know, uh, a piecemeal story in the form of quests, as opposed to just, you know, riddles like you get from most Dark Souls characters and from, you know, the White Mask character that you meet first in this game. He speaks like a Dark Souls character, but a lot of PCs don't. There was a character late, much later in the game that I met, and he just talks like a normal, like normal. And I'm like, what? Huh? Like, it threw me that he was just not in a dumb accent with dumb old English or not speaking in riddle. He's just very directly talking to you like, hey, this is some crazy shit, huh? And I'm like, you don't belong in this game. What? He, talking to he said, hey, what's up, fam? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. He was like, what's up, YouTube? <laughs> Slam that like button if you're having a good time. <laughs> no, I will say that um, from from watching the the the, the hour speed run, um, seeing bosses that clearly I was never going to encounter, um, I was blown away by some of the character designs. Oh, there was oh a, yeah. He fought, um, he fought the thing, the, it's the big monster. It's the big gross monster that's dressed like a monk. Um, I don't know. It, you both are looking at me like that's not a character in the game. I promise that's a character in the it, game. It probably. Yeah, I, 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 I'm not as far as James, so I, and I have gone out of my way to not spoil myself on any of the bosses. So if it's one of the end game bosses, well, it's a big fucking creature, and mm -hmm. it's dressed like a monk, and it has like I think two forms or something like that, and it was just fucking crazy to look at. Like it's fucking flipping and it's chopping shit and it's fucking shit up, and I was like, this is bananas. Um. And I will say not to, I, I, again, this, I, I like Tien, I had like a, a vision of like, oh, and this is where I'll present this thing. And I'll reveal later, like, I only played five hours and then it shit itself, but that's all out the window. Now I will say that there are attributes that I am impressed with. I, from a very cold callous, we've known about video games for way too long of our lives viewpoint. I am, um, amazed that this is a complete thing ready to go that it wasn't and i know that in dark souls they don't typically bullshit around with like, like i wasn't expecting microtransactions but the fact that like this is such a huge title and it's sold so well and it's like there's no dlc bullshit there's no season pass there there wasn't even like a giant like oh you gotta download this whole big patch because this is a half a game and it's all fucked up before it gets to you sorry <laughs> none of that shit it was just ready to go and it was a complete package, and I was I was genuinely impressed by that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Me too. There was a couple of issues. If you had, I think the PC version, <clears throat> there was a couple yeah. of issues for the first couple of days. Then they patched it out. I've been having smooth as butter experience since uh, the last patch. Yeah, I mean, you know, so to give you my full, yeah, you know, to, to to lay my cards on the table as well. I, I think Elden Ring is incredible. Incredible. Um, you know, I think that, that Zach makes uh, an amazing point about it, which is to say that uh, you keep hearing, hey, it's bigger than you think it's going to be, but then it just keeps surprising you. I mean, uh, I remember the original Dark Souls, you know, people talk about level design. And, and that's fresh in your you memory. Know, 
Yes, it is. Um, and everything connecting. And for everybody, there's usually a moment in Dark Souls where you unlock the right shortcut to realize how feeling. something connects. And you go, oh, my God. And I remember for that, for me, it was in the uh, the Dark Root Basin right outside the Hydra. Yep. That there's a tower right there. Yep. And yep. a dude in yep. there who's kicking the shit out of you. And then you realize, it's, so it's this character, Havel. Havel. And when you go up the stairs, you realize, Jesus Christ, it, it, it connects to Undead Berg. Like, I saw this guy previously, back when I started the game, when I first went to Undead Berg. I mean, that's a mind-blowing uh, moment. And the comparable analogy for Elden Ring is when you first get past Godric and you leave his castle, um, at that point, when you pull up the map, it's just, it's a square, and then when you get past, and you're like, oh, I guess I'm. this is the northern part of the map, is this castle that I'm at right now. And then once you get past him, the map just goes whoop and just extends into a big, tall rectangle. And you realize, Jesus Christ, this is only like a third of the map that I was even this looking at. This is the at. baby boo-boo area. Yeah, 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 exactly. And it's already huge. Like, Limgrave is already a big area. And then you realize... Oh, hey, even the the shadowy, you know, fogged out bits that you haven't discovered yet, even that isn't the whole map. It's actually bigger than that. And there's a whole underground segment like, you know, so it's like it's just enormous, massive. And it, it, it makes me think like when I'm playing it, I'm thinking, how do they have all the time to develop this? And it makes me almost forget the weight that we've had for Elden Ring. You know, you had people complaining like, 2019 and now that's not going to come out and they delayed it oh my god like that's when they dropped the first trailer i think 2019 yeah, yeah. people were complaining about the the two years they were going to have to wait and it got delayed again but now that it's out i'm like how did they do this how did they build all of this in just a couple of years it's fucking mind-blowing yeah and and th this i think i had similar thoughts when uh you know breath of the wild came out it's like this map is fucking huge and it was like the thing with breath of the wild was like oh my god it's a huge map but it's not like if a fallout map or an uh, 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 even like elder scrolls where the map is like you know a mile wide but an inch deep like the map is huge but it's not that many interesting you know things to find or enemies to fight and i think breath of the wild does a pretty good job of that of like you know um, here's, you know, an interesting cave, you can go inside, find some shit, but the problem with Breath of the Wild, and then, you know, it's been a common criticism, is, like, you open, like, the same treasure chest, and it has, like, the same destructible weapon, you're like, cool, I've already got fucking 18 of these. Um, Elden Ring does such a crazy job of showing you shit you've never seen before, whether that's, you know, a new location, a new enemy, uh, you know, it, when you get an item... <laughs> which is also a bad thing. Uh, when you get an item, you're like, what the fuck is this? Is this a magic spell? Is this a weapon? Is this, you know, a new ability that I've just grabbed? A new power-up? A new, you know, there's so, so much fucking crazy shit to find in that game. And then, like, anytime I watch another streamer playing the game, I'm like, what the fuck is that? How, what is this power that I don't have? I What? This is crazy. How do I find this? Uh, uh, yeah, there's so much... So much shit to discover in that game. Yeah, that made me think of another nitpick, though. Every time you fucking pick up an item, you never know what it is. Like, yeah, it takes me so long. I'm, I'm like, like going through menus to be it? like, 
What is this? Yeah. Why isn't there just a recents tab to show me what I just picked up so I could see what the fuck it is? That's such an easy fix. Just have a recent tab, or when you pick up an item, just say this is a weapon or this is a yeah. spell. Oh, you you fucking cry, baby. Do every time you pick up an item, do you want it to go ba da da da? Like, come on. Yeah, fucking, I do. Get good, scrubs. <laughs> fucking scroll through a menu. All right, Jesus. Want to learn how to read a little bit? Uh, no. Well, I was going to say, to, to James's point real quick about, like, watching streamers and they have, like, different loadouts and stuff like that, the, I have had a little bit of that, where, like, there's something where it's like, oh, did you know that, like, you can you fucking go, if you go to the left and don't get fucked by the fucking golden god on the horse, there's a fucking cool axe that's OP as fuck. And I was like, oh, I would have been nice to know when the wolves were, like, saying <laughs> racial slurs to me and fucking murdering me a hundred times. Like, it would have been pretty cool to have a kick-ass axe. Like, so there's a little bit of that, that too, a little, uh, um, shitty gamers remorse on my part of like, oh, I fucking if I had done my research, maybe I could have found like a cheat code thing of like, oh, well, if you grab this and you put it with this, but I'm sure it's not that easy. I'm sure it's like, oh, you want the fucking super axe at the beginning? You just gotta go and stick your dick in the Elden Ring and you'll fucking do it if you're a real man and I'll be like, I, I can't do that. I don't know how to fucking do that. So yeah. to, to, uh, to complain about the 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 item management just a little yeah, bit more yeah, here yeah. because it's not great. This is the this is the first game that's had crafting, so you're picking up way more shit than you ever were in in previous Dark Souls titles just in crafting materials alone. And I'm using crafting somewhat, not a crazy amount, but like for all of the fucking items I've discovered, and I'm I would say almost mid game. I'm like level 52 or something. I've taken two of the major bosses out. Like, and now I'm just kind of putzing around before I go to the, the next one. Um, I'm probably 20, 25 hours in. So I'd say I'm almost mid game um, uh, in terms of, you know, how you, how people are talking about it. Oh, this weapon's great for early game. This is a great mid game spirit, whatever. Um, so I'd say I'm almost mid game. And of all of the fucking items I've picked up, I get poisoned recently, like one of the last sessions I'm playing, and I'm like, mm, let me uh, see what I got to cure poison. And I'm going through dozens of fucking items. And I'm like, I don't see anything that cures poison. <laughs> of all the shit I have on me, nothing cures poison, or I just can't find it because I have too many items on me. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah. You could craft some arrows. I don't know if that helps. You, you could, could and just arrows. shoot them into my own head, and that's the most efficient way to cure poison. <laughs> that's how you cure poison <laughs> permanently. That's true. Um, yeah, okay. So so here's uh, just to, because I, I, I don't want us to spend this whole however long just waxing poetic about how good it is. But I, but I will uh, spend I'm, a little bit of time doing that right now. Yeah, oh, yeah, God sure, damn sure, it. Say sure. that, uh, you know, the first three major, major bosses with their own theme music that you encounter uh, teach such an elegant, uh, wonderful lesson for those that are willing to have it. Um, the first boss being the Tree Sentinel, the giant golden knight. I'm that, so glad uh, you brought him up, yes. Yeah, so he teaches you a lesson straight up front, which is, hey, you don't got to fight everything you come across. You can run away. This is open world. You can head in 360 directions away from this guy. Um, That's the can... only lesson I learned in this game, by the way. That's <laughs> yeah. the entirety of it. You can walk up to an Xbox, do a 360, and moonwalk away from it. That's, that's so, the only way to do it. Um, uh, so the second lesson you learn is from a giant dragon in a lake called Akil. 
Um, and uh, that dragon is going to teach you the value of torrent and horseback battle and how you will fight some horse, some battles on your horse. And it's going to give you great mobility for avoiding giant, you know, area of effect attacks and things like that. Um, and then the final lesson you get is from Margit, the fell omen. And that lesson is that sometimes you got to get good. <laughs> and, <laughs> and it's, it's such a, it's such a, fabulous few encounters right back to back. Um, I think that the story lead up to Godric, you know, this, yes, the story is very obtuse, but there's a couple things that you, you learn, you know, you hear from the NPC outside the castle. Hey, they're doing this thing called grafting inside the castle. Yeah. Um, and she doesn't tell you what it is directly, yeah. but via the first like scripted boss death you get, which is a grafted scion, which you see is a creature with a bunch of arms and legs on it. And what she tells you, you put those pieces together and go, okay, they're literally taking body parts from people like fallen warriors and adventurers and just like building them onto these monstrosities. Um, and so when you're traveling through the castle, you know, you see piles of body parts and like body parts hanging from hooks and it's like really uh, disgusting. Um, and at one point there's a room with a grafted scion in it that has an enormous portrait of what you presume is Godric. And he looks like fucking Jamie Lannister. Like he's this like beautiful flowing hair knight riding in a battle valiant. You're like, ah, that's the guy I'm going to fight. That's the leader of Stormvale Castle. Like, I'm going to come up to this guy. And when you finally get to him, he's a grafted monstrosity. And I just thought that that was such an excellent storytelling moment of like, hey, they, you know, they didn't have to have three cutscenes that explained what this is because I'm not playing a video game adaptation of Shrek or whatever. Um, I'm not playing, uh, you know, chicken run the video game. It, 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 there doesn't have to be copious cutscenes explaining every story. There's beat. some subtle nuance to chicken run, <laughs> motherfucker. There's yeah, some subtle right. nuances. I like when uh, the lead rooster says a bunch of anti-Semitic slurs. Uh, <laughs> my favorite part of chicken run. Um, wow, he's so, um so uh, yeah, I I I I'm, was super impressed by the early game with the yeah. lead up to Stormvale. I think all of that is is just great. Yeah. I love it. FromSoft does like wor world building and like character design second to none. Uh, well, I will say, I will say, as as the bad child here, I agree with that. It felt like a completely finished thing. Like when I got there. When I booted the game up, it felt like it was a whole world and it had its own like structure to it and characters and the whole and family lineage and all like the problem was it felt like I was supposed to watch yeah. two and a half movies before playing and I didn't. And I'm like, oh God, I hope there's not a test at the end of this. Like I just <laughs> that, that it was very overwhelming to me. But James, what about you? What is your uh you, you said the story didn't super grab you, but clearly something did because you've been rock hard about this game the whole time. I love all that stuff that Tien is describing, like environmental <laughs> storytelling, like where uh you know, you 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 learn details and and lore like organically through the environment. Like you're talking about you see that portrait of Godric and you know, and then you oh, he's like a sexy guy. Oh, he's a monster, you know. Um, and you know, I think FromSoft does, does, you know, world design and, and 
character design second to none, like I said. I think the thing that I have fatigue on is, like, the way... The way I mean, I don't think that opening cutscene is great, and the just the obtuse way that all the characters talk to you, just like, oh my god, can you please just talk normal? Like, I, you know, I, I, yeah, I think it's just fatigue. It's the the first few times I was like, ooh, and then it's just like, okay, this this is wearing thin on me. I I I, I need you to be direct and stop speaking in riddles. Uh, well, well, my question is, did, what was what was an experience that you had similar to what uh, Tien mentioned? Like, where was a moment where everything kind of came together and the game was really working for you? And you were like, this is why I'm fucking playing this game. Um, fuck, that happens. Anytime you discover a new area. Um, and So one of my favorite favorite this happens kind of early in the game you meet a character named patches and that's kind of a fun little easter egg for anyone who's played any of the other FromSoft games that is the one link that goes through all these FromSoft games is there's always a character named patches and he's always weird or sketchy or uh both um so this patches you know um he's he he's a boss he's a boss fight he's a pretty easy boss you beat him, and he's like, hey, I surrender, I surrender. And you can put your weapon away. And if you put your weapon away, he'll be like, all right, we're cool now, we're cool. Uh, hey, maybe I'll sell you some shit. So you can buy shit from Patches. And he's got this big old treasure chest in the back. And you're like, oh, I wonder what's in the treasure chest. And then I think he even warns you. He's like, oh, don't open that chest. I was like, well, I'm definitely going to go open that treasure chest. Yeah, foolish on you, Patches. Now I'm definitely opening this shit. And you open the treasure chest and you're like, especially if you do this early game, which I did, and you're teleported way across the map into this, you know, big gray zone that I haven't explored yet and I don't have the map for and I'm lost and I wake up and I'm like in a bear den and there's just fucking bears everywhere. And I'm like, what is this? And I'm just, you know, I'm fucking running from these bears and I'm like, this is... This is incredible because I'm like in this completely unfamiliar zone and there's crazy shit happening. Like I love, it, you know, and I Stockholm think- syndrome. That's what you're describing right now. <laughs> like if I, if I was playing a game, if I was like, hey, I was playing Lego Batman and <laughs> I fucking got to the scarecrow room and I opened up a chest and then the game fucked all of the progress that I was making <laughs> and threw me in the fucking phantom zone. And I had to run my ass off. You'd be like, what a piece of shit that is. Like, why would they do that? I'd be like, I don't know. I love it. Like, that's the thing that I love is um, how unpredictable this game is and how 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 many possibilities there are. Because I could somebody made the point that later on in the game you encounter a, a giant sentient turtle who's wearing a Catholic Pope hat and yes. he sells you and he sells you magical spells. Now you don't know if I'm bullshitting pretty fucking rad. I gotta be honest. You don't know if you. I'm bullshitting you or not. Right. Like I could have yeah, just true. made all of that shit up. And th- that's like the, the depth of experiences in this game. Are, you know, you never know what's going to be around the corner in, in these games. And just like, uh, I mean, the thing with patches is kind of scripted, you know, opening the treasure chest, but being teleported halfway across the map and attacked by bears. I, I like just the, um, like, emergent gameplay, you know, uh, that's a term that 
people throw around, but just the ability of this game to, like, generate crazy stories like that. Like, you'll never fucking believe what happened to me when I played Elden Ring. I encountered this turtle with a Pope hat. Uh, yeah, that, that's so what the, I... So the lesson learned there, whatever game you're making, include a turtle with a Pope hat. Uh, it it does sound like Stockholm Syndrome, and it does <laughs> sound like this kind of edgelord attitude to gaming. Like, because it is. Yeah, yeah, the first time that I encountered this buzz, it just fucking whooped my ass, and it just put a big smile on my face. But there is something really kind of oddly magical about getting fucked in a in a in a Souls <laughs> game. Yeah. Like, it, it's so odd. So uh, my experience with that. You know, I, I've i tried my best to avoid spoilers, but that said, I still have watched a few, like, hint videos or, like, tips and tricks, things the games didn't teach you. And one of them was, hey, when you open a trick chest, you can roll away before all the smoke warps you to somewhere else. So I've been doing that. So I, I, I you know, haven't actually gotten warped by a chest yet. Um, but that said, uh, my experience with, with getting... Uh, totally railed by the game was using these very rare items called stone sword keys um, to open up a, a hidden passage. And the passage I chose to open was like literally the first hidden passage you see in the game. It's a giant wall right when you exit the tutorial room that's locked. And I decided to go back to it and open it up. And I figured, well, if it's this close to the tutorial, it's probably one of the easier hidden passages. Boy, was I incorrect, um, because oh. what's waiting for you in there is an enormous mechanism of death. It's like a giant mechanical chariot with spiked wheels that is zooming at 85 miles an hour up and down the path. And like a Zelda game, you have to run alongside it and like find little alcoves to duck into to avoid getting crushed by it. And so you're you're following this thing down this huge downward slanted path, trying to avoid it. I died probably half a dozen times just trying to get to the end of this path, thinking, okay, well, there's probably going to be like a treasure chest down here or something, like a great item, whatever's waiting for me. Uh, actually, what was waiting for me at the bottom of the path was a boss, and the boss was an enormous uh, undulating tree spirit that uh, rushed over to me, picked me up in its mouth, and burn me alive. And uh, that's that's what was waiting for me uh, at the bottom of this uh, Herculean uh, journey I had to take. So there you go. That sounds awful. But that yeah, it's just like the like beauty, no fun. There's just so there's such a wide array of crazy shit in this game. And I love that. I love never knowing what's around the corner. Uh, uh, well, and, and if I may, I understand the because uh, James, you actually brought this up in the, the fifth episode of the show. Um, I get the, I get the appeal of like, Hey, in so many video games of the last, let's say 30 years, there's a synthetic achievements feeling like the games are built in a way to be like, Oh, look how strong you're getting, but you're not really getting any stronger. It's just a matter of the game is just manipulating you and just sort of like, Oh, now we put... You just learned fire. Now it's going to be all ice enemies, like that kind of shit to create a sense of accomplishment and, and a sense of achievement when it really isn't there. And this game does none of that shit. It's just like, no, these are genuine. Like we busted our asses to make this so hard so that when you do beat it through skill, 
This isn't like there's no it's not fucking Final Fantasy eight and you can throw a Phoenix down on the fucking one boss because technically it's a zombie and it's an instant kill. None of that bullshit. It's skill based. You have to just get good. I totally get why, like, once you feel that and you're like, I'm on top of the fucking world. However, I never got there. So therefore, this has nothing for me. So I get it. I get the drive and I get like why even for a game that James, you even mentioned that the story, the lore hasn't necessarily grabbed you, but you are still putting this as your game of the year. I totally get it. I can see why I can understand that. I will never experience that. And I don't know if it's because I'm lazy or entitled or if I'm like, if it's hard, I'm not playing it. I don't know. Or if it's because your PlayStation 4 burned up. (laughs) Also true. Not great. I got to be honest. That's, I'm going to dock it to 0.2 points on my IGN review because it <laughs> fucked my system up to now. I can't even play Yakuza or fucking, you know, well, I was going to say Castle Crashers, but I was playing that for 360. Um, yeah, so I got fucked. That's it. I will say even for a, a Souls veteran such as myself, um, it is easy to get into a sort of frustrated uh, almost hopeless mindset with uh, a game like this. You know, for me, there was definitely a moment after uh, Godric's Castle where I started going in all the wrong directions, and every area I was going to, I was massively underleveled for, and I was like, where the fuck do I go right now? Like, what, what, what is wrong with me? Am I really that underleveled? Do I need to just grind? Like, that doesn't sound fun. Um, and I realized, you know, there was an intended path for me to be taking at that point, um and you know that kind of resolved all of that but but yeah for for you know someone to just kind of as the game intends explore and encounter a lot of the higher level areas and be like what is this is i'm 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 just supposed to get killed that's the point of the game is just get killed over and over this doesn't seem fun um I, i could definitely see how that would happen uh but I think that it, there's enough subtle things in the game that that sort of try and point you in the right direction, and you know, and and it really makes me, it makes me want to get new Souls players into the game so badly. That's why I've already gifted the game once. I may end up gifting it again. I don't know because it just it. I personally haven't experienced uh, as many gaming moments. Um, that have as much of like a, you know, smile to time put in ratio or feeling of accomplishment or feeling of, you know, genuine tension or fright, you know, in various parts to take me on that sort of emotional roller coaster like this game does. And I want other people to experience it. And I want them to experience it in, in, in a completely non-exclusionary, get good scrub kind of way. Like I want to be a resource to new gamers that want this to be their first souls game because I love it so much. So I don't know. It's, it's sappy and it's very lame, but that is how I feel about it. And I think this game, especially compared to other souls games uh, allows that kind of like when you a can't find the right path or you're, you know, stuck on a boss or whatever. The the beauty of this game is like, Okay, cool. I'm just gonna warp back to you know the first area, Limgrave or whatever. I'm just gonna keep exploring there because you know I'm way over leveled. Hopefully, you know if you're in the mid game or whatever, I, I'm I'm over leveled for this area, and I can just keep exploring and find all this crazy shit. There's so much shit to find uh, and discover. I don't know. Uh, I like 
I feel like when you still have options if you get frustrated in this game, whereas like in previous Souls games, like you you know you get stuck in a boss and your options are get good or stop playing. Uh, and and I I remember seeing something about that from the developers, like that that was the whole purpose as to why they wanted to go open world was to be like, mm -hmm. well that's going to be our solution. We're not going to soften the gameplay. We're just going to give you more options as other than like you said, either you beat this or you stop playing. And this is like, oh, you know, you can go elsewhere and try to figure some other shit out. And I do respect that. Um, I respect that this truly feels open world. Like there's a lot of games that say that, but you're like, mm -hmm. yeah, but I like, uh, for example, uh, Yakuza, the Yakuza series, they're open world. Not for the kind first of. fucking three hours. All right, true. The first yeah. three hours, you're on like basically a rail shooter, yeah. and it's just like you're going to this place and you're fighting this fucking guy, and then I swear to God, you better go to the supermarket. Like you're like, all right, all right, all right. This game was just like, it's go the world. wherever, yeah. go do whatever the fuck you want to do. The only time I felt like I was kind of like, okay, I'm where I'm supposed to be was finding like the little burnt out church with the guy there that yeah. you could like buy from. Yeah, like. Getting there, I was like, okay, I, th I think I got it. And then, you know, a fucking, the weird spaghetti monster on the beach was like, hey, come over here and just fucked me again. And I was like, <laughs> oh, I guess I'm not figuring it out so great. Well, that's the other um, amazing thing this game does that previous Souls games don't is there is like a There's main... a volleyball monster. <laughs> there's a volleyball monster. Uh, there's like a main road that you start on and your checkpoint has like a subtle arrow if you pull it up on yes. the map and like there's like magical dust that's like go this way and it points directly to the next checkpoint and then that checkpoint will be like go this way and i mean you can follow those arrows if you want to but you don't you know if you want to stay on the critical path but you know you can always branch off and be like all right fuck that i'm gonna go exploring yeah um the way that I know that there's so much content to this game is, you know, personally in, in my playthrough, I didn't think that I was bum rushing to Margit, the first like cinematic boss. Mm -hmm. I, I, I thought that I was kind of taking my time and exploring some other areas. And yet, you know, when I watched a video recently that was like the first five bosses you should fight in Elden Ring, they were all five bosses that I had not even discovered, that I didn't yeah. even know they yeah, were there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were all just little mini dungeon bosses, and I just run right past the dungeon and didn't yeah. even see it. Um, so I'd have to go back and retroactively whooped all their asses because by that point, I you know, I was way over leveled for them. But yeah, I mean, um, I think that, you know, to, just to discuss other little small moments that just made me smile. I mean, at one point I'm riding around and I hear like a, a male like monk singing. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, this, there must be like an NPC over here. Like there's somebody who's maybe going to teach me incantations or something. That's crazy. You know, there's just, so I'm riding around trying to find it and it's a fucking monster. It's a like bat creature. And oh, so shit. It, it comes it, down and it starts to snare you. Yeah, and it, it, it's it's working just like a, you know, like Sirens did in mythology. It worked exactly that same way. It got me to go that way and then came down and attacked me. And, of course, I didn't fight it. I stopped and said, like, I'm going to make you a star. You and me, kid. That voice is going to make us millions. Exactly. So. You asked to touch its nose. It was a whole weird thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love the monster design. Uh, yeah, I I think everyone fell for... Yeah, I was like, what the fuck is singing? And then I got swarmed by bats. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, I also love just, like, another small thing. And this happens in other Souls games. But, like, this one especially, 
when you transition from the open world to there's there's kind of like you know traditional dungeon there's like these little dungeons that you find in the world that are like catacombs but then you know the, the major areas where the like story bosses are are their own like dungeons and they feel just like traditional or similar to traditional um like souls levels where you have these very intricate um map layouts that wrap around and converge on themselves and whatever and i love that each of those has their own like lang their own language of how they're gonna fuck you uh because like the first you know the first couple ones are like oh here's here's ambushes so like it teaches you like okay you gotta like look around all the corners you know check the ceilings you know check your environment and then you know you'll come across one where like this one's all about traps like you have to watch out and there's traps and then later on you'll get to one where it's like this is all about status effects we're gonna you know poison you and petrify you there's all these nasty status effects i i love the like themed fucking in this game of of how the <laughs> game wants to really fuck you over uh i i enjoy that uh for some reason, uh, <laughs> well, I, I think that's I, I think that's a better way to go about it than like the super traditional way where it's like I just watched the water dungeon. Like that's all still based on like skill and thinking mm -hmm. of like, OK, fucko, you're in this one now and there's no traps, but you're going to be poisoned now. And what the fuck do you do with that? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. That's, I, that's I, an interesting way to go about it to like create a theme for each dungeon without it being so on the nose of like this one's so electricity dungeon so it's gonna be scary you better have some ground Pokemon <laughs> and I think it's the game through both the level design and uh, some of the bosses it keeps throwing you curveballs like okay how are you gonna deal with this how are you gonna deal with this how are you gonna deal with this and I think they're subtly encouraging you to experiment with like different builds like hey maybe try magic on this boss maybe try ranged fighting on this boss like maybe just you know backstab this guy you know it, it, it keeps throwing you curveballs and you have to come up with answers to all of the uh questions that this game poses you and i really enjoy that yeah and obviously you know the comparison keeps happening uh it, it's amazing because you know i feel like there are uh game critics out there um, or other people in the industry who have, you know, made the observation lately that all modern games are either compared to Breath of the Wild or Dark Souls. I, I did. It. I compared it to Breath of the Wild. Yeah, yeah. Um, so now you have a game that's both in yeah. one. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's the ultimate comparison. So <laughs> that's... now, you know, it's it's streamlined. Now everybody can just compare everything to Elden Ring, and yeah, that's, that's okay. True. Um, but the, to, to further compare it to Breath of the Wild, you know, it's like James said, um, Breath of the Wild has amazing dungeons. You know, don't get me wrong. I don't think necessarily that Elden Ring's dungeons are better than Breath of the Wild. They're just different. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, like Breath of the Wild uh, has more like puzzles and things to kind of test yeah, your yeah. noodle. More brain um, teasers. This is yeah. More, but uh, ultimately, teasers, so. yeah. But ultimately, the rewards. I mean, like. Breath of the Wild, you get one of two things. A weapon that's going to break in five hits yeah. or an upgrade to your health or your stamina. Yeah, exactly. That's it. Exactly. That's, that's all there is. And that's you know, the crazy whereas, thing about that. There's just so many yeah, things. there's so much. It's yeah. not just like, hey, when I get to the bottom, I'm going to find a great weapon. Like, no, it might be a great spirit, which is a summon. Mm -hmm. You know, 
It might be a great uh, talisman, which is like, you know, just an overall uh, passive boost to your stats. It might be a great sacred tear, which is a whole other thing they invented for Elden Ring. It's a whole separate flask that refills um, at bonfires that, you know, doesn't just necessarily refill your health, um, but gives you a totally different status effect or whatever you want it to be. Um, it's There's just a crazy amount. And I've just seen people going absolutely sicko fucko mode on this game like to a level that i can't even comprehend where they're just like okay and by the way if you stack this particular talisman with this build with this weapon with this status requirements then you could basically just kamehameha an enemy like any boss for five seconds until they're dead yes and i'm like I can't even wrap my brain. I couldn't even understand the first thing you said. And then not to mention like the people who are going real ham on PVP in this game. That's something I generally don't fuck with, with souls games. Yeah. But in this people are just going absolutely. It's, it's insane. in the brain. Oh, yeah. I, far people are able to take this. I got called into a ghost fight at one point and I died before the boss stopped its speech. Like <laughs> I got called, I got warped because I used the weird little, butthole finger and i was like oh thank god i'm gonna call some reinforcements in and instead i was the reinforcements and i was like oh no someone's gonna get fucked oh and you then, used the wrong <laughs> finger you got summoned yeah. okay hey story of my life buddy uh, yep. and, uh, <laughs> and uh so i got there and before the boss even st- uh, finished his monologue i was already dead and so uh yeah you well, just gotta you gotta find the right uh gesture the right emote to just be like this. No, no. Summon someone else. Please. Yeah, I just kept flossing instead. I kept doing the Fortnite dance. And we're like, well, that doesn't help us at all. I can't believe they put the floss in Elden Ring. Well, you saw right. those messages that said Fortnite. Like with the, you know, yeah, it's, it's, called, uh, it's called cross-marketing. It's it's a new yeah. thing. Yeah, um, so let me ask you this, because you both have been fucking rah-rah cheering this, with the exception of like, I don't like the font choice in the menu. That's my big critique. Uh, what was an element, other than the menu layout and no recent uh, tabs, uh, what was an element that um, did either genuinely piss you off or genuinely turned you off? I, I got one. So this might be a slight spoiler for Tien, so I'll, I'll, I'll keep things, I'll keep things uh, vague. Um, but some of the horseback bosses later in the game are fucking bullshit. Uh, and I feel like, I feel like they're bullshit because they're very clearly designed to be fought on Torrent, the horse. The problem is when you're on the horse, you have very limited options, both offensively and defensively. You, you cannot dodge, you can jump and you can kind of like get out of the way, but you can't dodge, you can't block. And like, you know, I'm doing a melee build, so, like, my attacking options are, you know, ride the horse right up next to the guy and just spam that. And it, it, I don't know, it just doesn't feel good, and it feels very un-Souls-like. And there's a couple bosses that are, you gotta use the horse, and I did not have fun doing the horseback bosses later on in the game. And I don't think I'm alone, I think a lot of people are complaining about uh, a few of the bosses that you have to fight later on that get really hard. That's something I, I that that just made something else make sense that I want to talk about in a second. But TN, what about you? Um, you know, like I said, I, I think that the uh, the areas that you can get into that are super 
uh, overwhelming, that's maybe somewhat of a complaint. You know, that the game can occasionally, if you're heading down uh, a path that you shouldn't necessarily be heading down, um, feel very overwhelming. Um, I would say... I, I really, I, I wish I had more complaints about this game. <laughs> I, I really, I, wish, I absolutely yeah. fucking love this game. So, like, I can only really, like, nitpick it on a few tiny two things. fucking chills. Uh, so, uh, so James, your your explanation of, of your um, your horse troubles yeah. actually made something click for me. <laughs> so, uh, you and I have played a lot of games together. And, uh, I, by the way, I had some PTSD flashbacks to our college Smash Brother days of just getting absolutely fucking obliterated and not making any kind of progress. But instead, like, there weren't colorful characters this time around, and I couldn't, like, throw a, a Deku nut. I was just like, oh, I just get fucked, and that's it. Um, but there, one of the only times that involving video games that you made me genuinely uncomfortable was... Um, I th- It had to be, like... Yakuza Kiwami 2, Kiwami 1. Okay. One of the Yakuza games. Yeah. And you got to the first, like, big, big boss ah, in the game. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. And it didn't make sense to me at the time, but what you just explained with the horse thing, it totally makes sense now. So, um, but by, by the time James got to this boss, he had, like, a decent amount of, um, I guess, like, experience points. So, like, he could have, like, upped his stats and things like that. Um, or before you get to this boss, you can like go to a shop and go and like buy weapons or whatever. And so James was like, no, 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 fuck that shit. And he was just trying to like, basically just like outfight this boss, like basically just melee. He had some heal healables, but like was just trying through skill to beat this boss. And it was, it got very uncomfortable because I'm sitting here like I'm sitting there, I'm like, uh, well, you've got all these other materials. You could be like powering, and you, you're like, no, 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 I can figure this out. Like, and it was very uncomfortable to watch because it took like fucking twenty times. Yeah, yeah. And you're you're you were losing because of bullshit. The game was not like ah, you just haven't got good enough yet. It was like, well, no, the boss's like health bar is like eight times yours, and you haven't upgraded yours at all yet. And so now seeing through the eyes of Elden Ring and seeing like Dark Souls games that it's like Now you understand. The language yeah, I've been trained in is like Right. No, if you if the, you're good enough, you can overcome it. Right. And yeah. even like I said, even watching some videos where it was like, Oh, well, if you put this build, like even TN mentioned, like, oh, if you put this build and this build with this weapon, yeah. you're like unstoppable for like two hours. I was like, oh shit. But it's like, yeah, but I couldn't even get to that point because to beat the thing, to get the thing, to put the axe together in front of the monk and the thing and the thing, you have to beat this thing. I'm like, well, like that, that's never going to happen. That step one is just not an option for me. So. Yeah, and that's the thing, and 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 I I agree with you, and and I can I'm going to start with a criticism, and I'm going to turn it into a compliment. I'm so sorry um, about this the game. The biggest but, issue uh, is how fucking big and beautiful this game is. Eyes can't absorb it all. Oh, we haven't even talked about it how gorgeous. Fuck my game HDMI is. cord. How beautiful this game this is. This game is I, breathtakingly like every environment is more amazing than the last. Uh, right. Video game things. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, sorry, I interrupted you, Tim. Keep going. <laughs> That video game grandpa showed up to make references a few years ago. All right, go ahead. So what's your what's your pretend, what's your pretend complaint that's going to secretly become a compliment? Yeah, my uh, my criticism is that you know you're right. There are definitely elements 
um, that maybe require a little bit of, uh, of, of Wikipedia and of like YouTube and like, how do I figure this out? Really? You know, what am I doing wrong? You know, what, what am I missing here? There's definitely elements of that. There's definitely things I've done in the game so far, uh, that were something I discovered from a YouTuber or from, you know, something on Wikipedia. Um, but that said, way better than the previous titles, a definite improvement. Um, I remember playing the original Dark Souls, and there's a boss where you just straight up have to put on a particular ring to not die immediately. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, I'm like, how the fuck was I supposed to know this? Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, what indicated this exactly? And there's yeah. constant, like, you had to... I had an entire guide... At one point, like, Master watched me play through Dark Souls, and she, like, leans over. She's like, what if you had played this game, like, before the internet? You would have had to just, like, go to school and, like, talk to a friend about it, try to figure it out together. And that's true. That's very true. Um, but with Elden Ring, there are things that actually you just find out intuitively, even though they don't sound intuitive. For instance, that character I mentioned who does the, the spirit tuning, who uh, upgrades your summons, um, she does not get... The, she does not become available as a merchant to upgrade your summons until you do like an elaborate back and forth dialogue between her and another NPC in there. And you think to yourself, why is that so, that's so convoluted? Why would you have to do that to unlock a merchant? But it just happened naturally for me. I would yeah. be upgrading my sword and I would see suddenly there's another option on the menu that says, hey, about that bitch. And you would talk about her, and the blacksmith would say, you know, I got a feeling that she'd actually be really good at being another merchant right over there. And like, oh, cool. And then go back to her and be like, hey, he says this. Um, it just There are things that just happen naturally. He said you're cute. I don't know what that means. Exactly. Yeah. He gave me a note that said, want to be a merchant across from me? Yes, no, maybe. So, I mean, what do you think of that? She put maybe, and then the fucking the mystery continued. Yeah, exactly. speaking of, like, easily missable, important things uh, that end up being convoluted, I did not uh, encounter Ronnie the Witch at the beginning of the game. Yeah. Who is who enables you to summon things. So I'm watching, like, YouTubers, and I'm, like, watching everyone, like, summoning creatures and shit, and I'm like, excuse me? What? what? How is this possible? And I just never found that NPC, and she's missable. If you miss her, then you have to go to that, you know, merchant area and buy this very specific item that, it, like, it doesn't explain what it is or anything. <laughs> so, like, I totally missed the summoning thing altogether, which is, like, an important, pretty important, especially if you're, like, playing by yourself and not summoning your friends. Uh, That's... Can we just talk about how fucking insane that is, though? Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. Like, that's like if you popped in, like, Grand Theft Auto, and it was like, well, in the beginning, you forgot to get your driver's license, so you could only run on foot for <laughs> the rest of the game. You'd be like, hey, this game sucks balls. Like, what yeah. the Let me fly a helicopter. Like, yeah. that's crazy to miss something like that. That's nuts. That the game it would, it would like, be like it would be like in Super Mario Odyssey if you could just miss Cappy and not yeah. get him. Yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah, be yeah, like, yeah. what the fuck? How do I take over? That's <laughs> weird. It is very weird that they made that NPC like missable. Uh, that was a strange choice, especially. Oh, oh, that's be Better fucking explore and talk to some NPCs, you hey, little bitch. I guess. Yeah. I guess. I'm not really sure how I was supposed to learn that lesson, except by watching YouTubers and being like, what? How did they? Well, I do think, to Tien's point, I think that that is a way that they, like, 
like I said before, the idea of the game being so ball crushingly difficult so that you actually feel accomplishment when you actually make progress is a throwback to early, early video games. You know, those games were janky and barely held together. But when you finally overcame the odds and beat something, you were like, yes, and nothing synthetic is going to match that. But same thing. It's like the game is not explaining fucking anything. And so instead of going to the playground after school and having some kid bullshit around and be like, uh, my uncle actually is his last name is software. So he actually worked. It's that bullshit. Is go on YouTube and you're like, oh, this guy kind of knows some shit. And we're kind of cultivating a community, sort of, kind of. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I, I respect that. Again, yeah. it did me no help. Uh, you know, the, uh, I had to go YouTube. Uh, what happens if my PS4 stops, like, having a fucking picture? And they were like, mm, you're pretty fucked. I was like, okay, great. Thanks, YouTube. I appreciate it. I think the Japanese game developers are really into the idea of the meta game, you know, when designing something like this. It's kind of like how in Death Stranding, you know, uh, despite all of the criticism of that game, a lot of the people that got enjoyment out of it were the people that realized that all of the work and all of the drop packages and all of the, you know, falling down a mountain and shit was all to kind of benefit other players playing the game by, you know, helping to build this bridge or this, you know, zip line system or whatever. So you're helping future people who play the game, make it easier and more enjoyable on them. And, you know, I think that Miyazaki has always viewed uh, yeah. dark souls in a similar way with Leaving having messages. the idea. Yeah. With leaving messages and with having the idea that, you know, from the very first Dark Souls game, you know, they said, don't you dare go hollow. And you always kind of wondered, like, well, what does that mean? Is that like a thing in the game where I, my character can actually like, you know, go insane and, you know, lose all my stats and, you know, like just ha lose immediately? But the reality was that going hollow from the beginning of the conceptualization of Dark Souls just meant giving up, it, you know, just just putting the game away, selling it back to GameStop and spending that money on Kirby because it's too hard. That was going hollow. And so I think that the meta game and, you know, like Zach said, the, the discussion portion outside of what the game allows you to discuss is, is part of the design. So one thing that I was curious about was the inclusion. So kind of jumping off the meta of like the behind the scenes part, I was curious about like what part George R. R. Martin had in the development of this. Cause when it was first announced, that was like a part of the selling point was like, Oh, look, we got George R. R. Martin involved in this. He and wrote, I think, the, you know, all those messages that say Fortnite. Yeah. That's him. Motherfucker. That's God, him. George, you piece of shit. Um, yeah. yeah. He wanted to finger butthole. So yeah, yeah. try finger mm -hmm. butthole. That's George R. Yeah. R. Martin. God damn it. Um, but I think what's interesting, you both brought it up earlier about like the people complaining about the two-year wait period from initial trailer to game actually coming out, is like how much of a difference two years make in terms of George R. R. Martin? Because when, <laughs> when it first announced, it was like, oh, fuck yeah, we got goddamn Game of Thrones guy writing this thing. A Game of Thrones Dark Souls game is going to be perfect. And now two years later, everyone's like, who? Like, no, no, we can show up Game of Thrones more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... Yeah. And then even I've read articles where it was like, yeah, he was just sort of there, kind of pitched some ideas about the lore, and then we told him to go fucking home, and then we'll take it from here. And I was like, oh, okay, well, so much Because, like, that's two, to me at least, th those are, like, two completely opposite writing styles. 
because Miyazaki is, you know, everything is ethereal and mercurial and, you know, we're leaving it up to your interpretation and, you know, no hard details. George R. R. Martin is hard details about here's the character, here's their mother, here's the grandmother, here's their father, here's their sons, here's the world, here's everything you want to know, here's every fucking detail. Like, those two camps seem fundamentally at odds. Uh, well, now of... it makes the opening cinematic make a lot more sense because it was like, oh, and then this person became another person and fucked this person, and now they've got children. That are... I'm like, oh, now that makes more sense because this is a fucking Game of Thrones bullshit. Yeah, I mean, you can kind of feel uh, GRRM's uh, influence when it comes to them just listing characters. Yeah, you know, they'll, they'll they'll get to a point where you'll be talking to someone in the kind of the safe area, the round table, and they'll be like. Anyways, you're going to need to go talk to Queen Merica. Um, she's the daughter of this character and uh, was formerly married to this character. And I'm like, this feels a lot more relationshipy yeah, than yeah, previous yeah, Souls yeah. titles. You know, I feel like George R. R. Martin really likes making a family tree and like a story about like lineage and history of the world and yep. things like that. And there is a lot more of that in there. Uh, which I will say, uh, I don't know what I expected, but, you know, the way that there's a very flowery language to the game, and this is a minor spoiler for anyone who's not super far into the game, um, but uh, they keep referring to, you know, the maidens, and there's actually finger maidens, they serve the two fingers who serve the Elden Ring, and you're like, oh, the two fingers, okay, that's interesting, you know, George R. R. Martin had a character named Littlefinger, and there was the Hand of the King, he really likes uh, hands, I guess. I, what are the two fingers, I wonder? I wonder if they're, like, two different people that just are linked together, and they kind of, you know, the, they have a bond, and they serve the Elden Ring. Nope, turns out it's just like a giant fucking hand with two fingers, two hairy fingers on it, that just stands over you and is just yeah. like, mm. it's just literal so, fingers. Yeah, so I like to think go. that that was just like a mistranslation somewhere. But like George <laughs> R. R. Martin was like writing like, and then the, the two fingers. I mean, Miyazaki's that's, like, oh, fucking all right, I guess it's two goddamn finger. fingers. Then. That's exactly that's okay. what happened. Miyazaki read Martin's notes and was like, ah, the two fingers. Ah, we're gonna take this very literally, like. <laughs> he hands it to one of the concept artists for the team and goes, draw me two fingers. And he's like, uh, all right. I mean, that's fine. You want like, you want, you want hair on him? Yeah. Do I want fucking hair? Of course I want hair. You want on a him. grotesque amount of hair. Okay. So, so I don't know. Closing thoughts here, fellas. Do you need to mop yourselves up? Uh, I am. I, this was a lot for me. My God. I can't wait to be done with this so I can go play Elden Ring. <laughs> I'm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically, I am right near the end of the game. I've, I've got, I've got <laughs> I like. You're gonna say something. Like, I am right near completion. I'm, I'm right so near completion. I've got like four or five bosses I need to mop up. Uh, I was hoping I'd be completely done with the game by the time we recorded this, but I'll, I'll, almost there. So yeah, it, yeah. it's incredible. Um, I love it. It's. Uh, it is. I think. I think we're we're all going to be talking, like you said, we're all going to be talking about Elden Elden Ring, comparing things to Elden Ring for the next, you know, five to ten years. Uh, everything's going to be Elden Ring. 
that is something that I'm really genuinely curious about um, to, to kind of act as my final point is I understand that there's a certain amount of hype culture when it comes to, you know, the anticipatory period of waiting for release, you know, waiting those those two years over two years like we did um, and now being right here in the release and seeing everybody, all the biggest Twitch streamers and now all the biggest YouTubers and content creators all playing the game and all the biggest media outlets giving it these Glowing reviews, and so there's obviously it's it's really hard not to get swept up in that and say that you know Elden Ring is the second coming of Christ, and that you know it it made me it rekindled my marriage and my you know my father came back home from getting milk nine years ago, and you know it, it you know it saved everything. It, it it acts as my erectile dysfunction medication now, like it it cured cancer. You can go on and on, but uh, you know the wonder is. In two years, will we still view Elden Ring in the same way? And I want to say, yeah, I want to yeah, say, yeah. yeah, that, you know, even years from now, I think that knowing how people still look at Dark Souls and Bloodborne yeah. and even Sekiro, I mean, even two, it's been three years since yeah. Sekiro and mm -hmm. people still, you know, say how amazing that game is. And uh, I think that, yeah, this is going to be, this I, is going to be a big one. I think this, it's going to be those games, but on crack, because I think this yeah. is going to be the first FromSoft game for a lot of people. So I think this, like, big first experience, I, I you know, I think a lot of people are going to play this game, and we're going to be talking about Elden Ring and making comparisons to this, I, it, I, I think, for a, a long time to come. It makes me firmly think that uh, their next project is, is going to have to be a, just a direct sequel. That, yeah. you know, that, you know, as much as he's been really bouncing between properties lately, you know, going Bloodborne and then back to Dark Souls and then Sekiro, like, I, I really think that, you know, PlayStation and, uh, like, Sony, like, and whoever else is above from software and owns them right now is, is going to really come down and say, we need you to do a sequel. Probably. And I hope that that doesn't lead to, uh, you know, a delineation of quality to, you know. Well, one thing that I found particularly interesting is, A, if this is as, like, groundbreaking as, as we're kind of, like, suggesting it is here. So you pointed out earlier that, like, so many games get compared to, like, Dark Souls and things like that, but but not even really Dark Souls. It's just sort of like Dark Souls became synonymous with just, like, a game Short, is difficult. Yeah, shorthand for difficult, which is, yeah, yeah. Yeah, which is not obviously the same thing. But my question is, with the success of Elden Ring, I'm, I would be curious to see, like, what are ripoff games going to look like? Like, what is the next, like, do, is it is it going to be so popular that then, like, AAA studios are like, oh, I guess we got to fucking make this bullshit now instead of fucking Call of Duty ripoffs. Like, is there going to be, like, like when uh, Pulp Fiction came out, then there was, like, this huge influx of movies trying to be Pulp Fiction, and suddenly they were, like, nonlinear stories with a lot of swearing and a lot of, like, ultra-violence in it, and most of them sucked. Um, so I'm curious if it's, like, this could be big enough to really influence things on that level. That's that's a very good point. You know what I think genuinely is going to happen is that all of these other games that uh, do use a very copy-and-paste uh, open-world format, things like Assassin's Creed and Far Cry, uh, really anything made by Ubisoft, um, I think that those games are going to maybe ease up a little bit on the markers 
And they're going to take really a lot of the surface level things that Elden Ring does, like not using, you know, specific points of interest and having you kind of have to label everything yourself. I think they're going to go that route with it. Um, of like, oh, well, if people really want this to be like an organic discover it for yourself kind of experience, we could do that. I mean, that's easy. Just hey, Johnson, take out the coding for all the markers in the game for all the side quests. Just take them on out. People want to discover it all on their own so they can miss shit. Fucking stupid ass gamers, whatever. That's a great point. Yeah, I guess that's more the thing is I guess it's not likely that there's going to be just like straight ripoffs of like, you know, uh, it's a sword and sorcery, super duper open world game. And it's beautifully built with like super difficult bosses. But yeah, what are going to what are the lessons that are going to be taken from it where it's like, oh, l games should be hard and you should be able to miss things. And it's like, OK, yeah, but there is a balance here. There is a structure to Elden Ring. It's not just a fucking, you know. It's not just, you know, Guitar Hero, but with fucking <laughs> part monsters that are just fucking you. It's like there, there is a structure to it. It's not just like, well, we didn't really think of anything. We just started slapping stuff on a table and you got to deal with it. So I'm curious as to what are the lessons? What are the, the ideas that are going to be stolen from this and applied to other games to try to, like, capture some of that magic? And it may just be like you said. It might just be like, oh, now open world games are a lot more messy and they're not. And now they're just more difficult to make it through now and not, you know, you can't go, oh, I got to go here. You go, I guess I'm just fucked. Yeah, I don't know. That's a good question. Uh... I would really hope that one of the things that a lot of main studios would take away uh, would be the the sliding scale difficulty. You know, I think that lately we've seen enough complaints about how it's really kind of bullshit um, a sliding scale difficulty, like selectable difficulty at the beginning of the game. Uh, I've never really played this only... game before. I don't, I, I can't make an informed decision about how is this game. Exactly. You I, know, yeah, I hate the, that's become a pet peeve is like when you yeah. start up a game, easy, normal, hard. I don't know. I've yeah, never exactly. played this. Yeah, exactly. And, and, uh, you know, so some games will even say like, oh, this is the ideal experience. It's like, well, why fucking have anything else then if that's the ideal experience? Um, and and I guess like most of them don't even do that much other than give you more health and or the enemies more health. That's it. Like, yeah, there's, yeah, it's man. not like it's making it. Oh, now they're more complex. They know X, Y, Z more move sets in a boss battle or whatever. Like that is usually not the case. Um, and so, I mean, in my opinion, a lot of the best video games, whether it be something like a Nintendo game or all the way up through to Elden Ring, don't have a selectable difficulty at the beginning. And that's because they want everybody to have that same experience. Because, again, it's about the meta. It's about the community of, you know, having friends, be it, you know, old friends or new friends you meet through the love of the game that all had the same experience and not, oh, well, I played it on easy, so I missed this one boss or whatever. So I think that that would be my hope for one thing that people would take away from something like Elden Ring. Now, interestingly enough, I'm the exact opposite. I have no problem with selectable difficulty. The only thing that I don't like is if I'm playing Yakuza and uh, there's some bullshit chase uh, challenge where I got to go catch an asshole on foot or whatever. And if you fuck up like four times, a little pop-up will come up be like, mm -hmm. just for this part, do you want to drop the difficulty? Which is super insulting. The solution is drop the difficulty for me in the background. Don't tell me that you did it. Just let me feel like I suddenly got good all of a sudden and kick the shit out of this thing after the four tries and then yeah. put it back to whatever the setting was previous. 
that's the thing. Don't fucking insult me and ask, like, you want to put the training wheels on? No, just put them on while my eyes are closed and just let me feel good. And then it plays little, like, animation, little chibi animations that the characters go, yeah, you did it. Good well, job, Zach. What I want to end on here, and this is the, the for me, you, you explained, uh, you know, the, the, the feeling of, you know, figuring out a big boss and, and figuring out like how the game needs to be played in, in a particular fight and the accomplishment that, that, that comes with that. And I want to share with you the closest thing that I have to that same kind of feeling. And it's resident evil four and it's towards the end of the game. And you fucking, you're, you've gone through all these crazy challenges and these insane monsters and creatures and you fucking kick open this door and there's a goddamn creature that literally takes up the entire room. It's just from floor to ceiling. It's this giant hom- homunculus that has like just what seems like an infinite amount of health and just it's going to just eat up all your supplies and it's a complete motherfuck and it's just insurmountable unless you fucking bought the goddamn rocket launcher, in which case you can one hit kill this fucking thing and walk out with your dick in your hand. And by God, I saved that rocket <laughs> launcher the whole fucking game. And I got to that moment and I was like, Kurt Russell and fucking the thing. I was like, yeah, well, fuck you too. And I blew that motherfucker up and I walked I was like, it's the greatest game experience I've ever had. So that I think is where we're coming from in a different, uh, from different starting points that I want to feel overpowered by being resourceful previously and saving my shit so that I can just take a big shit on a big, scary monster and not have to like figure out and refigure out how to keep playing the game every time in order just to make a little bit of progress. So that's like my high benchmark of like, I fucking did it as I blew this motherfucker up with one hit uh, versus a, these wolves just will not stop fucking me or calling me uh, late at night saying like that. I'm a hooker. So it's just not, this is not for me. <laughs> wasn't for me, boys. I made it five hours and it killed my system. It wasn't hey, for me. Uh, I, I think, yeah, that was the universe telling you that this is not for you when your PS4 blew up. Like yeah. no, not not only this is not for you, but shame on you for trying. <laughs> now you can't play. You. Like, okay, cool. Any other closing thoughts? I love it. Um, yeah, me too. I'm I'm gonna go now. Um, well, do we do we want to do endorsements? We usually at the oh, end yeah. of the podcast. So I, I'll start. At the end of the podcast, we usually endorse literally anything. This can be yourself. Uh, movie, TV, another video game, a book, whatever the fuck. Uh, I'm going to endorse the two best, uh, and I've endorsed both of these separately on previous episodes, but I'm endorsing them again because I'm out of ideas. Uh, (laughs) uh, I'm going to endorse the two best television shows that have ever been on television. The first is BattleBots. We are uh, in the sixth season of the discovery reboot of BattleBots. uh it's a great time to start watching uh it's on discovery plus uh because uh we're getting into like the grand tournament where you know there's i think the field is like uh 64 robots and it's a single elimination you know big tournament uh so very exciting uh the other one is uh more casual watching it is a little television show called most extreme elimination challenge uh (laughs) 
Uh, we've I've been rewatching MXC for the third or fourth time now. It's so good. It's just and I, was I try- yeah. I I heard somebody refer to it as like really racist. Like they're like, oh, you go back and watch it. It's really racist. And I was like. I don't know, man. It was a similar time. Stripperwella was on. Yeah, it was a, it, like, I don't know. What you want. I mean, it's super. Don't take this away from me. juvenile and like some of the jokes are don't age well. But like, man, I, I, and I was trying to figure out. I was like, what? What? Wh- this is such a crazy fucking idea to take a Japanese game show and then like voice over it and add their own jokes. Like, what is this? I wonder if this was like influenced from like Mystery Science Theater, maybe. And my wife I have said, to "Imagine to a certain degree." My wife pointed out, you know, it was popular when right before this came out, Kung Pao, and I was like, "Oh my god, that's exactly what it was." Because Kung Pao, it's just dumb shit. Like, it's dumb shit that isn't even close. They just write their own jokes, and that's exactly what MXC is. Just dumb. Uh, I don't know. It's uh, MXC and BattleBots, the the two greatest Excellent. television shows that have ever been on television. In, in so really, eyes. you just in, you just endorse Spike TV. You just want Spike I mean, TV yeah. to come back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's let's make it happen. He'll, guys. He'll, let's he'll, make next, it happen. Next week, he'h uh, next episode he'll endorse uh, Beat the Geeks. Uh, oh, so the greatest quiz show that's ever been on television. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> My endorsement's depressing. So Tian, why don't you endorse your show? Uh, okay, um, so uh, I've got a little show called Frightful Failures. Uh, my co-host, uh, guy named Zach, no relation, uh, very funny man. Uh, highly recommend that you check that show out. You can find us uh, on SoundCloud, wherever you get your podcast, Frightful Failures. Frightful Failures on Instagram, Fright Failures on Twitter. So uh, please check us out and mean a lot to me. Um, I guess in the spirit of this show, to just endorse something that I'm watching, uh, I, I endorse RuPaul's Drag Race. It's oh my God. 14th season right now. Uh, they just did Snatch Game this season. It was a really interesting twist. You should check that show out. It's it's a lot of fun. So check, check that out. So uh, my depressing one is, um, so professional wrestler Scott Hall, uh, uh, died today, the day that we're recording. He had some kind of weird medical thing come up. He had gotten hip surgery and then it caused like blood clots. And so he had like a series of heart attacks all of a sudden Mm. and, uh, was like on life support. And so it was like family, everybody made like their final arrangements. And, um, as, as, as I heard right before we started recording, I think they took him off life support. And, um, he was one of those characters that I really didn't get as a kid. Um, he was in the NWO and WCW was one of like his big things. And he was Razor Ramon and he used to wrestle before then all this other stuff. Um, but really kind of seeing the cultural impact of a, of a wrestler. I was talking with this, uh, with, uh, with my partner recently about, it's really interesting to live in a time where just the idea of just sort of pro wrestling in general is like just a cultural point now. Like I'll see plenty of YouTubers and people, who aren't, who don't follow that kind of shit now will make a reference to like the undertaker or the rock or some specific wrestling element from, from the past. And it, it always impresses me that I'm like, that's just a cultural thing. That's just a thing that like everyone just sort of has a, some kind of passing knowledge of, and we all just sort of acknowledge like, yeah, Vince McMahon, what an asshole. Um, but Scott Hall is, is one of those figures. He was imposing. He had, um, a lot of charisma and, uh, 
played a bigger part in a lot of people's development in loving wrestling than I gave him credit for. And so I only met him once. I didn't even really meet him. I was at an independent wrestling show. I saw him at the bar. Uh, he was getting waters uh, and Diet Pepsis because he had had some issues before, but he was being good. Uh, I went over there to say hi. I completely pushed out, but uh, he smelled fantastic. So, um, <laughs> yeah, so uh, endorsing Scott Hall. Watch a good Scott Hall promo or a, uh, a wrestling match on YouTube if you get a chance and uh, and celebrate the legacy of somebody who helped make wrestling cool in the 90s. So, uh, so that's, my, that's my depressing endorsement. All right. I uh, I dig it. Um, our next episode might we don't really know. We're just making shit up as we go now. It might be the Lego Skywalker series. It might be the new Kirby, Kirby game. <laughs> oh, we just said uh, the hardest game ever made. Well, guess what? Now we're taking it back, and it's <laughs> Lego Star Wars. Kirby. Um, it might be another I'm shitty board Jedi. game. Who knows? We oh. might. Uh, so yeah, uh, stay tuned. It might be one of those things. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll figure it out eventually. Uh, anything else? Keep, keep playing, keep, keep gaming gamers. And until next time, hey. I'm Zach Romero. I'm James. I'm the guest. <laughs> we'll see you next time. Goodbye. Bye. Keep playing. Keep gaming on. Don't Game. you dare go hollow. <laughs> yeah. Don't go hollow. Never go hollow. Welcome to the Good Games Podcast. My name is James. And my regards. Okay, they already started recording. All right, they started recording. Nailed it. Thank you. Love you. Bye.